Welcome to another episode of Encounter Grow Witness as Beth shakes her head at that <laughs> silly introduction, the podcast where we talk about what it means to unleash the gospel, especially for those who are working in our parishes as we move into families of parishes. We are uh, going to have a great episode today. So I'm excited. And Beth, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. August. August. How? Uh, how? Summer. Yeah, how awesome summer is in Michigan. Yeah. I love summer in Michigan. Yeah. It is what we sit through that the whole rest. winter for. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so uh, summer in Michigan, if there wasn't construction, would be so yeah, much gonna better. Yeah, it's going to make it, but you, you beat me to it. Yeah, yeah, construction season. Yeah, yeah. but it's also vacation season, yeah. and I know lots of people get to explore different parts of the state. Or, you know, this summer is like road trip summer. Yeah. So many people going on road trips and doing things. Beth, any yeah. uh, Spazarni family trips this yeah, summer? Yeah, yeah, we went out to Grand Rapids uh, just for a weekend, just to kind of get away with the kids. And I was asking my kid the same question we had talked about a couple months ago, what favorite summer memories. And mm. his favorite summer memories were uh, playing with the neighbors and that one time we got ice cream. <laughs> so after crying myself to sleep, I was like, we can do better than that. We can do better than that. So we packed everybody up and got on the road. And we also got ice cream that one time again and uh, had a great time. time. So it was nice to be away and uh, went swimming, saw Lake Michigan, mm. the zoo, things like that. So yeah. it was nice. Yeah, That is fantastic. I thought Hoping I, it makes his future list of I thought summer I was going to say, like, this, Mom. This yeah, oh, is. Oh, yeah, right. No, not. No. No, we're not like that. Oh, that's yeah. great. How about um, you? Any trips? Uh, yeah. So I went with a, a group of priest friends up to uh, Mackinac City, and we kind of just spent a few days, went up to Tequamanon Falls, and mm, did some hiking around there, went to um, over to Mackinac Island, which was hopping. It was just really cool to see, mm. like, a lot of people out and about. We had beautiful yeah. weather, and... Um, you know, to me, one of the best parts of summer is uh, up north, sunset, um, yeah. Mackinac Bridge. Mm. Like, that is pretty quintessential. So yeah. I, I told him, I'm like, hey, guys, we're getting ice cream that one time. Sure, that one time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to <laughs> overdo it. <laughs> right. And we're going to hang out, uh, um, you know, as the sun's going down. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful trip. Beautiful. Nice. Like, Michigan's so beautiful. I love our yeah. state. So Yeah. Hashtag Pure Michigan. Huh? Yeah, yeah. We could do the Tim Allen voice. Oh, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> you want to do it for us? Let's hear it. Uh, I can't think of it. Both uh, of our <laughs> listeners are really interested. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, this, uh, you know, going up north is a beautiful part of summer. And at the beginning of summer, uh, Archbishop mm -hmm. Vigneron released a, a new pastoral note yeah. um, for those who... Um, maybe don't know, the Archbishop released a pastoral letter called Unleash the Gospel mm -hmm. back in 2017. Yep. And then he's kind of created variations on a theme from that uh, is how I think of it. Little pastoral notes to kind of point to different ways we're called to unleash the gospel. And he released one in uh, in early June. Beth. Yeah. The beauty of truth, a pastoral note on communicating truth and love in the digital age. Yeah. So... Yeah. A uh, little fun fact, he released it on Jan on June 11th, which was is mm -hmm. my anniversary of ordination, uh, and it was 10 years this year. So nice. I feel like he's speaking to me. He probably was. One. Yeah, <laughs> giving me a call out. Hey, watch <laughs> All it, of us, buddy. I think, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, you know, this is really calling us to live our faith in a digital age, yeah. express the beauty of truth in uh, in how we communicate. And yeah. we'll, we'll talk about a number of parts of it, but one part that I thought was really helpful is thinking about the communication of truth isn't just with the words, but it's also the way we communicate. Oh my it. gosh, yeah. And we've talked about that a number a number of times, I think in different ways, but how truth is conveyed um, with what we say and how we say it. Absolutely. So it's not just like, well, what? Uh, you know, I, I said what was true. You yeah. know, we're called to live in charity with truth as yeah. well. And so the way we say it, our attitude, our reason for saying it yeah. uh, needs to communicate um, yeah. who Jesus is as well and not just yeah. kind of be a cudgel of the truth that we're hitting people over the head with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I mean, he starts off just saying that we see in here a constant stream of messages pouring forth day and night, which is true, right? I mean, uh, my husband was on Twitter just this morning and mentioning, gosh, why are people so mad? Why are people mm. so angry and rude to each other? <laughs> and I'm like, what are they mad about this morning? And he's like, oh, so many things. <laughs> it's just a normal day of the week. You know, there's yeah. nothing particularly going on right now. It's just, that's just how we communicate to each other, you know? Um yeah, the bishop, Archbishop spoke about the sense of us and them, antagonism, even among Catholics. And it's true, right? We see it. I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, have, so, yeah. So, uh, well, well, let me ask you, I yeah. mean, what is your social media footprint, to use yeah. a, a weird way of saying it? Um, like, what platforms can our right. wonderful listeners find you on or <laughs> right. or not right. but uh like like how do you engage in social media what what tools right. do you use right i used to be on twitter more actively than i am now um facebook instagram not very active but somewhat but facebook i used to run our parishes page at my last um parish and so all hours of the night i'm getting comments and mm. inbox and i mean i'm brushing my teeth at night and now now i'm having a fight <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a shame <laughs> so now that i'm not responsible for that or at this point in my parish mm -hmm. it's you know I, I can brush my teeth without <laughs> having to realize what someone is mad about somewhere brush your teeth in peace um, yeah but i mean i'm pretty familiar with with how we seem to interact, um, and yeah. by we, I mean, you know, probably practicing Catholics, how we seem to interact on social media yeah. um, in both ways that are really inspiring and evangelizing and in ways that are really harming our efforts. Um, and I don't think people are fully aware of the impact of our words there. So yeah. I'm grateful for this pastoral note. Yeah, I I think, so I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sure. Um, I'm not on the cooler Snapchat. ones, <laughs> Snapchat or the Toctic or uh, yeah, the nice other thing. ones like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm on those three. And, you know, for me, I felt like during the pandemic and the last election, mm. there was just so much yeah. uh, Vitriol? consternation. Vitriol. Yeah. yeah, the right way to yeah. say it, that I found it very difficult to yeah. engage in things like I, I didn't know how to engage with people I like in person yeah but then um yes. on uh, social media can become right. you just know throwing bombs yeah and, and yeah. it's one thing to disagree about certain aspects um you know important things but right. I, I do feel like there's a way that we can give ourselves an excuse to act uh on social yeah. media in a depersonalizing way. Right. And I think uh, the Archbishop writes here about 
the reality that the internet is not just a system of wires, but it's a connection of people, People. of real people whose salvation, the salvation of their soul is at stake. And so I find myself struggling often um, in the last, I'll just say the last year or so, Mm. how to engage in it in a way that, um, that demonstrates with, again, with word and tone and all those things, the beauty of truth. So um, I I think it's a real challenge for a lot of people. And uh, I I haven't figured out perfectly how to do it. Right. Right. And I I think Twitter is the worst of them. Twitter is is the place where, you know, you can say anything. You can be most anonymous. Right. Um, The brevity of it kind of makes it pretty, you know, conducive to, no nuance <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just uh, kind of, uh, you know, making a, a short snippy point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just find it to be a, a challenge as a priest on how I engage in that. I sure. Don't know. Do you do you yeah. use it personally? Are you mostly there in your like in your mm, uh, that's a good question. Church capacity mm. your, your I suppose role? it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Definitely. I'm there, you know, trying to share just good stuff that's going on in the church and in the world. Um, yeah. But I, I do share personal things about, you know, my family and thoughts and things. I don't feel, I don't think my listeners or my followers are particularly <laughs> fascinated to hear my opinion on every topic. <laughs> um, so I do limit myself, but, uh, but yeah, I think it is, it's hard for us. I think, I think the skill that we need to learn how to do online is we need to learn how to disagree well. Yeah. Um, my brother's an atheist and has been for a number of years. And he just mentioned how, the responses he gets from people when he says that, people are very antagonistic. Yeah. Um, they're very harsh in response to him. Well, how could you think? And what about? And and it's sort of you wouldn't think that people would respond like that, but they do. And uh, I was inspired by that back when I was in youth ministry, and I wrote a game where everyone had to write down anonymously an unpopular opinion that they really held. Mm. And then we would read the note, we would read them one at a time anonymously and have a conversation. We had to discuss this, every unpopular decision or opinion for at least 30 seconds or whatever. And after the discussion, the person who actually, that was their opinion, they would give a candy to whoever they would be willing to continue the conversation with. Okay. And the end, everyone had to disagree. Did you come up with that? I did. Everyone had to disagree with the opinion. So at the time, I think one of my unpopular opinions was, I hate Santa Claus and I do we can talk about it another time wow. but I um so that was the so you just read the statement and then everyone has to disagree <laughs> with it but they have to find a way to disagree with it so that you would want to continue the conversation with them right mm. and it was a fascinating game because our young people especially but all of us we haven't really thought about how to do that how to disagree yeah. well right how to like make a point but still be civil and still respect that this is a person, right, who holds this opinion. Now, it did yeah. get dicey because some of the opinions on those papers, you're like, oh, boy, that's a really hard one. I have to read that out loud. It's the game. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to read it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we have to learn how to disagree well. And I yeah. think especially if it's online and it's public, the world is watching. I mean, how many of our followers and people like might see that we've left this comment, but they're not a person of faith and they see us, a person of faith, acting like this. Yeah. I don't think we've thought through the ramifications of the way we're talking online. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as what we say, how we say it. Yeah. And then, you know, this is a little nuanced, but I think about like the amount of time we spend there. Oof. I, I you know, for yeah. my own life, I think I need to be spending a hugely greater proportion of my time in in r- interactions in real life. Right. Um, 
And not right. that these are, are not real, because I think more and more it is real, it is right? Real. More and more yeah. people are spending a lot of their time there or sharing part of their life that maybe they wouldn't feel comfortable sharing yeah. um, in other ways. So I think it's, you know, the Archbishop does write how St. Paul used the roads of uh, yeah. ancient Rome. That's right. And, and these are our roads. And, yeah. And this yeah. is our, our avenue. So I don't want to draw too much of a um, divide between real and online. But, you know, for me, I think I have to very much limit the amount of time I spend yeah. on there um, because... Yeah, there's just people physically in my life as a priest that I think I need to um, be devoted to. So I think part yeah. of it in my own way of approaching it is uh, to make sure that it doesn't become um, too much of my life. And I know mm -hmm. for people, it can be very addictive. It yeah. can be, you know, this thing where, uh, and this can happen with YouTube videos or yeah. Facebook videos or Instagram as well. Posts. I mean, especially for our young people, right? Yeah. I mean, this obsession with how many likes and the sense of one's popularity and worth and value being calculated by these metrics. It's, yeah. Yeah, it can be really problem. destructive. And Absolutely. So how do we solve that, Beth? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think more time together is, is the answer. Now, that, that answer didn't work this last year, right? Yeah. With COVID, it, it didn't work, right? We couldn't do that. And so I think probably we've leaned more into it yeah. than is healthy because of the pandemic, because it was the only way we really could connect. Um, I, I, I think that we have to think through when we are disagreeing with someone so strongly online, I think, I think we have to think about, I think there, there's just really a need for more self-awareness, right? If I'm so angry or so upset about whatever this issue may be, that I'm reacting like this, or I'm thinking of posting this thing, that I, I think we just have to take that back to prayer because right. that just comes back to in your anger, do not sin, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm speaking or acting in a way that's not respecting that this is not a jumble of wires, there's a real human person on the other side of this. I mean, in the midst of the church abuse scandals, when I was the social media manager at my last parish, <clears throat> I mean, these inbox messages that I would get, I mean, I'm just reading this and I'm thinking like, I have to read this, you know, I have to read what you're saying and because people are just so, they were so wounded and so angry and I, I'm sure people still are, right? But yeah, yeah, I think we've, we've just got to spend more time with the Lord in prayer and, and maybe you're right, maybe it's, maybe the other solution here is that if we can say these things out loud to one another in person, we can benefit from another person's honesty and like just, we can just have a conversation about it, yeah. which isn't what's happening when we're just posting a two sentence poke and then now another two sentence poke, right? And then we're yeah. getting into these bitter debates online. And meanwhile, the whole world is happening around us and we're not striving for holiness or being holy where we are yeah. in the scrap of space that our physical body is located, right? If we're ignoring our work or our kids or the real things that we should be doing. Yeah, one of the challenges we talked about last month, Gaudete et Exaltate, Pope Francis's yeah. uh, document, uh, where he says Gnosticism is a problem in our world yeah. where only the mind matters and the body yeah. is just some vessel vehicle that we're trapped yeah. in or will pass away and that, you know, we're not made to spend eternity yeah. um, incarnate. Um, that uh, online we lose all of the like you and I are in the same room together right. with Ron. Right. We can see each other. Yep. I can see if you're kind of understanding what I'm saying. Right. If you're like, Mostly what? I what don't. is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> or if you're bored, or if right. you know, right. whatever. Like, right. there's so much of human communication yeah. that, that we're picking that, that's up on. needed. Right. And when you just type something online, yeah. oftentimes other people add all the context, yeah. all the subtext, all the right. tone to it. Right. And this can happen with text messages right. or, or any kind of format in that way. Um, 
that it's it can be disembodied and even videos can be disembodied in some way online because it's not the real person that i'm engaged with it's a a message that they've created which may be accurate and may not be accurate portrayal of who they are i um just you know recently i went to dinner with a friend of mine and my phone was uh, updating mm-hmm. and iphones take you know i don't know six months to update whatever <laughs> okay it took forever so I, I just left it at home yeah and went out and it was it was both awkward because i was waiting for him to get there and i couldn't look at my phone oh, while right. everyone else was right. <laughs> um, right. but it was great too right. because i just felt a kind of freedom yeah. to engage with right. him to not worry about you don't have my to respond to any urgent anything yeah you're just unplugged and you know there's yeah. always the what if what if what if true you know what if something awful happens right. and i'm right missing out on it um but i you know after that happened and it happened because of my phone updating i thought i'm gonna do that more often yeah. i'm gonna leave my phone yeah. you know in my car if i go over someone's yeah. house or just not have it as a crutch for yeah. every like mini awkward silence or anytime right. I get bored, I right. can just check this. Yeah. Um, I think it, it helped me that time and I think it'll help us going forward. Yeah, this gets us right. a little afield of what we're, what we're talking about on, on how yeah. to, how to use the digital, uh, communications. But I think it's important I for think it's us a good to strategy. Strategy number one, use them less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't become like, you know, that shouldn't become the normative way that we interact that there's something about Jesus coming in the flesh that means us being in communion, community with each other is really important. ...of constantly new gadgets, the excitement of travel, and an endless array of consumer goods at times leave no room for God's voice to be heard. We're overwhelmed by words, right? Yeah. Just, yeah, so I agree. I think that there's a lot of distractions yeah. there. But you, you've got yeah. a good memory from last month, remembering that. But well, let's, let's I'm talk so insightful. About, let's talk about... The, the warning five signs. warning yeah. signs. Yeah, I think that would be really, yeah. really good. So the first warning. What's the first warning Archbishop Ignorant gives us? Any here? proposition out of harmony with the teachings of Christ and his church. Yeah. So when we see media that's that's proposing things that are opposed to the teachings of our faith, we should probably t- we should attack <laughs> them, right? That. No, right? We should write nasty comments <laughs> right. and maybe create an anonymous oh, account to right. write nasty comments from. Ugh. But yeah. the teachings of the church they endure, right? The church guards the deposit of faith, making it known in every age. So if something is being proposed out there that's going against those, and, we and can know. Well, yeah, and I think here he's especially talking about those who purport to be Catholic yeah. or who say they're Catholic and propose things outside the teaching of right. the church right. um, who kind of, you know, take the uh, the moniker of Catholic right. and use it for their own teaching that's out of harmony yeah. with the church. And the archbishop says, hey, if we're uncertain about it, right. hey, we got this cool thing called the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's a good book. Yeah. Good we, book. we should yeah. look it up and say, hey, is that right? Is that really what we believe? And, right. and especially, you know, one of the topics can, also, can often be about... Um, um, sensitive things like you know people who identify as gay or who yeah. who are living uh, a lifestyle different from the church and, and we can have this thing like you know well why does the church hate gay people right, right? can right. often be a moniker or, or the church does to look to the catechism and say right. okay what what is the church calling me to do yeah. in this situation like how am i called to respond right. to people who live differently who right. may be you know, there's a way I have to say that's not in accord with God's plan. Right. But that doesn't fill me with hate or rage no. or this kind of 
demand that, that I have to right. kind of beat right. them over the head with it. Right. But okay, what's my response to that? And so yeah. if there are, if there are media people proposing to be the church, speak for the church who give us something that doesn't sound right or we're unsure, right. go to the catechism of the absolutely. Catholic Church and, and see what we're being called to do. Yep, absolutely. He writes here that the truths of the faith are not subject to revision. No. So we can have confidence that as uh, the letter to the Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, forever. and forever. Yeah. yeah. When I was in Mexico studying Spanish, it was during Corpus Christi, and the bishop led a big procession mm-hmm. through the streets of Cuernavaca. Yeah. And he was chanting, um, oh man, I'm not going to remember. Uh, he was chanting, ayer, hoy, y siempre, ayer, hoy, y siempre, which in yeah. Spanish means yesterday, today, and mm-hmm. forever. Nice. And so that's what I think of whenever I read that from the letter to the Hebrews. Nice. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think nice. about this Mexican bishop nice. chanting that through the streets of Cuernavaca. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah. Warning sign number two of Numero the problematic dos. use of media and communication. Unsubstantiated claims or allegations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a real problem. And I think yes. in, in our world... <laughs> um, when there's less confidence in the institution of the church. Right. The, and some of that is true. Some of that is well-earned because of brokenness. Yeah. Um, you talked about uh, the challenges yeah. from the abuse scandal. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a big part of that was the church not responding yes. in the appropriate way. So right. when when people have less confidence in in the church, whether it's her leaders or the institution in some kind of amorphous way then uh, um you know allegations are easier to make and easier easier to believe believe. yeah (laughs) Yeah. they're easier to believe because people don't know yeah we have this narrative now that that everything is bad and like there's all sorts there's scandal under every carpet under every in every corner and every crevice and i think especially for this one of the difference between like ave maria and al crest on his show he in the midst of you know everything that kind of came out a number of years ago at least um he was really seeking to be um, exploring what we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was kind of really striving to be more faithful to the church, but also seeking, you know, answers for the the problems that we were aware of, you know. And then I think of other media outlets that really more just were going, you know, it was all smoke. But there was, yeah. it was it was exactly Sensationalism, this. right? Yeah, a lot of unsubstantiated claims and allegations. But the more, like, you believe those, right, the more whatever those outlets are, right, the more they can sell you, right? right? The more they can, oh, well, if you believe that story, here I've got an even bigger scandal, you never right. believe this, right? And then yeah. we just, we're going from scandal to scandal, but are these are any of these real? But like, we're, we're destroying people's lives yeah. when we put out things that, that aren't rooted in evidence. Yeah, and that's a, a real problem that we can say, well, I'm just passing along what I heard, or it's just something I heard. Yeah. And we have a, a pretty serious obligation as Catholics, and this mm-hmm. is rooted in, you know, the eighth commandment to uh, not bear false witness Mm -hmm. that I have an obligation for the words I use. And that's no less true online. Uh, So if I share something, you know, that I heard so and so about such Mm -hmm. and such, um, that uh, I I have an obligation for the harm that that causes. Mm -hmm. And if it causes justified harm, right, if someone's reputation is harmed because of what they did, then um, you know, mm-hmm. we can stand before the Lord yeah. with that to say, hey, I, it, it's something that, you know, I, I, I know is true and I 
believed in my heart and discernment is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just kind of throwing things out there to see what sticks or to say, hey, we need a great cleansing and a cleansing means every claim just needs to be put out there. Like that is not how we're called to bear witness to the beauty of truth. Right. So the third one, the manipulation of facts to deceive or harm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, things can be, uh, facts can be arranged in a way, the archbishop says, and maybe added, you know, with sensational music or photos or insinuations uh, with facts being true that can lead to um, cause people real spiritual harm. Um, If the church is a family and the church is meant to be a family, Family. a community of believers, there has to be mutual trust of each other. Mm. Now, that trust has to be rooted in the truth, but it we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. We don't, we're not called to be uncritical and we're not called to shut our minds off, Mm -hmm. but we do have to presume goodwill uh, Mm -hmm. for other people. And I think if, if we're always manipulating facts or kind of shaping facts to fit a preconceived narrative, narrative, man, talk about poisonous for the life of, of any community, right? Absolutely. Like a family couldn't survive that way. No. A school couldn't survive that way. No. And the body of Christ is just going to be torn apart yeah. with division. If, yeah, uh, which if w- we that's do what that. we're seeing. Yeah. 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 yeah, division. So so what do we do? What do we do? Well, what, what do, do I do? do? What do you do mm-hmm. in this reality? Um, I, I think we. I don't read it. That's one of my takeaways. If yeah. I, if I'm aware of a media outlet or something that I mean, you can tell the you can tell by their fruits, right? Yeah. Does this lead to constructive constructive dialogue or does this just lead to division? Yeah. Is this written in a spirit of charity or is it not? There are some that I won't read anything that they write. There are some yeah. outlets that I really I won't read anything. Even if someone sends me the article, I will not click on it. Mm-hmm. I just won't yeah. because I know what they're about. I, I have the impression that all of these warning signs for me are sounding. Yeah. And so I don't think it's healthy for me to read it. And I don't think it's healthy for other people to read it. I don't think it helps us grow in holiness. I don't right. think it helps. Uh, it certainly, I don't think, helps our evangelical witness. Yeah. Um, and I think it really harms the way that we're called to live in charity towards one another, especially and to the world. If I, I mean, I, there was, I, I was just reading through this letter and then I just went on the Archdiocesan um, Facebook page just to see, well, how are we doing? Let's just do a quick <laughs> litmus test. You know, why did the bishop feel we needed to write this? You know, so just rolling down through a few posts and, you know, I mean, this is just a public page. Anyone can see these comments. How many people would read these comments and think, oh boy, these must be the disciples of Jesus. See how they love one another. That's not what I'm reading, right? And these are good, faithful people who love the Lord. But why are we not loving our neighbor then online? Why are we not loving? Because maybe we do just think it's some impersonal thing. Uh, We don't sound like Christians, I think, in some of our comments. And I think that's a big problem. Yeah. A big problem. I think you're right. We have an obligation for what we consume media-wise because it is going to shape us. And so, you know, if I, I think about, you know, this is a problem in the church. It's a problem in the wider society. If I'm, and this is why I think we need to be careful how much time we spend on it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm constantly watching cable news and and letting that kind of like be the background noise. Let them give you your narrative. Yeah, like that's going to affect me, right? If I'm constantly listening to music that is either blasphemous or, or, or kind of vulgar. That's going to affect me if I'm watching a television show, yeah. right, that kind of degrades women or right. treats sexuality as something that is, 
you know, not in accord right. with, with what Christ has given right. us or right. kind of uses violence or language, like that's going to affect me, right? That forms yeah. my mind. It shapes my mind. And the same is true yeah. with, with the news we read about the church. If mm-hmm. I'm consuming a set of facts that are preordained, you know, to follow a narrative that someone has, mm-hmm. that's going to affect me. So I have to be responsible yep. for what I consume yes. about the church. And I have to turn to sources that I know we're going to help me grow in holiness. That's one of the things, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think is so important. I'm glad you mentioned, like, what is going to help me go, grow in holiness? Yeah. Is following Vatican intrigue going to help mm. me grow in holiness? Mm-mm. 99.9% of people, it's not. No. There's nothing you can do about it, right? No, except and, for the things you could have done before you read the article. Yeah. Pray, <laughs> sacrifice, fast. Yeah. Use your voice. Exactly. And, and you, you can, can do those you things can now. You can do that. You don't knowing read the article. General, yeah. yeah. Um, people struggle with sin. Spoiler alert. Temptation right. is real. Um, or, or kind of like wild accusations yeah. about things like... Okay, we, we have an obligation to, to seek out truth and to know it, but to be very discerning and to know that the amount of time or effort or energy I spend trying to figure out or know things beyond my sphere of mm. influence, my sphere of where God has put me, right. is not conducive. Uh, spending a ton of time in that is not conducive to growing in holiness. And it's really a trick of the devil that gets right. me distracted from the life God has called me to live. Yes. You know, the fourth one here is just obvious and mm-hmm. ad hominem attacks. People who yeah. go after go after individuals and make personal attacks yeah. right. against them. Like, I, I don't think yeah. there's a lot of nuance that needs to be figured out about that. If, no, I don't. If think someone so. is making up names or calling yeah. people in rude a derogatory way, yeah. rude mm-hmm. nicknames, like, yeah, yeah, that's not someone who that's is going to help you grow in holiness. No, it's not. No. Yeah. No bueno. Yeah. How not can good. we treat people that way? Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, the spirit of division. Spirit of division. And we've talked about that too. God's Holy it, Spirit unites, Satan divides. Yeah. Mic drop. And uh, yeah, I think the zeal for a good cause yeah. neither requires nor excuses purposefully sowing seeds of division, especially division from and within the mystical body of Christ, the church. Right. It helps to remember that strength and gentleness are not antithetical. Right. I think that's so good. I think it's like, so good. I think we've forgotten that. I think people all the time think, well, but it's for a good cause. So yeah. we can go ahead and sow these seeds of division. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't think we understand that. Yeah. And the significance of division within the body of Christ, how that's particularly wrong, right? I mean, if, if, in, the, if in the secular world, right, there's division, like who would be surprised, right? I mean, there's, there, there's no moral compass. There's no guiding. But we're Christians. <laughs> we know who we are. We're children of God, created in his, his image and likeness, made for love, made for eternity. And we are one in our baptism. We are one body. How, how we can speak to one another like that, I mean, it's, it's not Christian. It's just not Christian. Pope Francis said in Evangelii Gaudium, to pray for a person with whom I am irritated is a beautiful step forward in love, mm-hmm. an act of evangelization. Let yeah. us do it today. Let us not allow ourselves to be robbed of the ideal of fraternal love. Right? Is that what we're doing? Are we choosing to do that? Right. Are we choosing to, to pray for one another and to love one another? Or are we just leaning into the spirit of division? Are we yeah. not even aware that we're a source of division? If we're repeating or reading, every time we consume an article like that, right, they're getting more money, so they're going to create more articles like that. Yeah. Every time I share whatever this divi- divi- dividing statement was or article, every time I share that, more people are going to see it, and it, yeah. it increases, right? Yeah. We each play a role in this. Yeah. Yeah, and strength and gentleness are not opposed to each other, I think, no. is such an important point to say, 
you know, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine, yeah. is not to say we ignore problems in the church, we ignore challenges, right. but it is to say we are radically committed Absolutely. to um, to living in and from the heart of Jesus. And mm. the solutions we seek are the solutions that, um, you know, Jesus gives us not just in um, in truth, but in methods too, right? And the methods need to be with tremendous humility, with great love, yeah. with uh, with the desire that Jesus's heart has, yeah. that all may be one right. and not in a kind of, you know, burn the whole thing down <laughs> burn it to the ground. <laughs> right? right right yeah mother Teresa said if we have no peace it is because we have forgotten that we belong to one another yeah and so towards the end the archbishop writes I think beautifully our goal is not to win arguments but to win souls yeah. and oftentimes we win a soul not by presenting the most coherent facts sometimes right. that works but most of the time it's through the attractiveness of holiness yeah. by desiring Jesus right. and loving as Jesus loved, right. which often costs more from myself, right? That yeah. I have to sacrifice, I have to be patient and endure, right. Right. you know, the, the, the assaults or the difficulties right. or people's brokenness right. um, and show the unflinching love of Jesus. Yeah, we've talked before about the um, apostolic age Oh my gosh, what can I think of it? Yeah, from Help Christendom me. to apostolic. Yes, thank you. We yeah. talked about that before and just how like the what the world needs right now because people are not following Christ. They don't know him, right? What people need is for us to be apostles. They need us to be evangelizing. Well, how many of us are using social media to do that? Right. Or are we just sharing internal church politics and a complaint about this or the way they do mass there or the way what right. that's not that, that that's not going to help us out in an apostolic yep. age people so maybe it's time for us to lean into more charity that we should have had back <laughs> in Christendom anyway well and, so. and one of the challenges maybe just the last point here because I, yeah. I know I got to go and you want to embarrass me with a little I do. quiz here I'm looking forward to but, it but uh, one of the last points is you know as we have access to more information yeah. it can be really easy to pick stories yeah. across the world that are embarrassing right like yeah. look what this priest did that he yeah. shouldn't have done yeah. or and sometimes it's not as scandalous it can just right. be like this you know like the way he he said this was silly or kind right. of kind of goofy or, right. or look at this mistake a bishop made or, right. um and you know we have access to all these things that's not that doesn't lead to wisdom these little right. nuggets of problems in the world doesn't lead to wisdom or holiness it's true um, it's just data points that um that we know are out there we know we live in a broken world right that doesn't help us. What we need are, are ways to be committed radically to Jesus Christ yeah. and to worry about the people that God has put into my life. Yeah. Uh, and first and foremost, you know, to try to take the log out of my own eye as I try to grow in holiness so that absolutely. I can help my brothers and sisters grow as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in that vein, you know, um, in one of our post podcast discussions, you <laughs> said that you were not a dog person. I am not. But well, that yeah. you don't like telling people that <laughs> because they may think you're a serial killer. <laughs> and so you know, I, so I can the, see your point there. So let me just say, I don't despise dogs. I don't dislike dogs. Uh -huh. I've never had a dog and okay. I don't anticipate getting a dog. It's right. not something that... Uh, right. I would do. Right. So now I feel like the more I explain it, the more guilty. The worse it gets. Yeah, right. The worse it gets. Yeah. So I'll just be quiet. Uh, well, yeah. Well, for so so for today's quiz, I'd like to ask you or give you an opportunity to name the top 10 dogs, Ooh. the most popular dogs. Okay. Now, this is by internet search. So, I mean, it's hard <laughs> what, to what, what year is measure the data? people's hearts. What, it's, what year it's is current. the data it's from? Current. I'm I... not, it's current. It's <laughs> current. <laughs> um, 
So I'll give you as many guesses as you like. So okay. you're thinking of the most popular dog. Okay. Breeds. I when when I think of dogs, I think of uh, golden retrievers. Golden retrievers. Yes, that's number six. Number six. Nice uh, work. Labrador. Labradors. Yep, that's number three. Nice. Number three. Um, uh, are poodles on poodles here? Poodles are number seven. Okay. Nice work. Um, I don't know if this will be on the list, but uh, German Shepherds. German Shepherds, number two. Really? Yep. Wow. You got it. I don't yeah. see that many German they're Shepherds. They're kind of scary. I know. Yeah, they're, they're a tough dog. I guess people like them. Um, my favorite kind of dog oh. is a Siberian Husky. That's number four. I really didn't okay. think you were going to get that one. Is it because okay. they're so good? I mean, they're great looking dogs. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. And I, and my I husband hear thinks they they're get, really cool too. They get hot really easily in the they summer. They have a lot of energy. Do they? I think it's a full-time job having a Husky. I've always wanted one because they look like wolves. I want yeah. my own wolf. Yeah, That'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> Walk down the street with a wolf. <laughs> if great. I had, if I had <laughs> a dog, I'd want one I'm a little bit afraid of. <laughs> oh, right? Okay, Like great. a Doberman Pinscher. That's not on the list. That's not on the list. No, I can't. These aren't security one. dogs. <laughs> no. Um, there's a bunch of little dogs that I there don't know. There are a know. lot of little dogs. So one of the yes. priests I lived with had a beagle. A beagle. No. Nope. That's not Can't on give there. you a beagle. Um, there's like a shih tzu. Shih tzu. Nope. Can't that's give you shih tzu. There. Um, are there mixes? I've heard of like labradoodles, but that's there not going to no be on there. There are no mixes. Yeah. Nope. Um, but the oodles are popular. I know another dog who had a bulldog. That's Bulldog's number one. Yep. Is it really? You know what's ironic is you've gotten all the big dogs, and all the ones that are left are little dogs, I, which could be more of a man thing. I mean, yes. my husband's like, if we're getting a dog, we're getting a big dog. I'm not walking a little, little well, uh, I won't say chihuahua? what he said. Chihuahua's number eight. Yep, you got Chihuahua. So mm -hmm. I, I uh, know a woman who's from the state of Chihuahua in Mexico. Seriously? Wow. And I was like, is that where the dogs come from? And Did she, she laughed. She's like, question? she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, well, why are they called that? Right. Oh, so no. I don't even know now. Yeah. I haven't looked that up. Um, yeah. Uh, Bull Mastiff. That's Bull a big Mastiff. dog. No, those are big dogs. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll give you one more guess. Yeah, I don't know little dogs. Little so dogs, yeah. There's like the... I see like sometimes people put dogs in their purse. Yep. Those are like really those small. Those are really little ones. I don't really know what those are called. Um, so the littlest, so, so what, what the we littlest one I is Pomeranian. Up. I would not have gotten that. I yeah. don't think so. Yep. And then French Bulldog. I said Bulldog. Yeah, but those are English? different things. English French bulldog? Bulldogs are very expensive. Um, and I like don't know. A Ron, big deal. Ron's telling me they're the same. Well, so. unfortunately, <laughs> I'm the one who wrote the quiz. <laughs> I I'm the one it, looking at the it. internet. Um, and then the last one, Pugs. Pugs. Ah. Pugs are bred so that they can't breathe properly. I don't know if you knew that. I walked a buddy's <sighs> pug, and uh, we walked two blocks, and you would have thought we were torturing this dog. People were looking at us like, why are you making that dog walk that far? I'm like, literally, he lives there. This is how far <laughs> we've walked. People we couldn't believe it. We are not trying to kill he him. He was not a super healthy dog, so I feel bad about the pugs. They, oh. they should be able to breathe. All right. Well, not bad. Not bad. You got seven correct out of the top 10 most popular dogs. So it's I think a, you've passed the test. All right. That's Congratulations. a seat. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's commit ourselves, uh, brothers and sisters, to uh, the beauty of truth, to living, engaging in communication, uh, yeah. whether it's communication we, um, we create or communication that we receive, uh, to bearing witness to our, our commitment to holiness in the midst of communicating. Uh, especially through social media and other technological means like podcasting. Like podcasts. Amen. Yes. Well, this has been another episode of Encounter Grow Witness podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and tell everybody you know we want to have more people in our conversation. 